Welcome to the Grace Life Fellowship Podcast. Today we have another edition of Conversations in Grace for you. Jesse sat down with Pastor Tim to talk about expectations. We hope you enjoy it. Here's Jesse. Welcome, everybody. This is Jesse and Tim. How's it going, Tim? I'm good. How are you doing, Jesse? Good, man. Tonight, we're going to talk about expectations, um, the expectations we put on God. and uh, You put you put expectations oh, on God? I, yeah. <laughs> you say things like, if I were God, I would do this. Right, yeah. yeah. I would do it so much better, too, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, the expectations that God puts on us, or that we believe that He puts on us. Yeah. And then maybe maybe even expectations we put on one another. Sure, yeah. Because that's kind of where the rubber meets the road and how we live, huh? Yeah, you know, one of the things that brings to mind is we've all heard the saying that when when God closes a door, He opens a window. Yeah. And we're constantly expecting something to come out of whatever situation we're in. Yeah. You know, we, we think, um, I think that we have this, a lot of us have this, idea of our life as the way we see it is a smooth road, something simple and something great at the end. But then we, then when something bad happens, we feel like God is expecting us to act a certain way or respond a certain way in order to uh, please him or get something out of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we probably all heard this idea, you know, God has a wonderful plan for your life. Yeah, as though God has mapped out this stuff right. that we're to we're to experience in life, and and you know maybe that sets up a false expectation. Oh, God's got this plan, um, and then actually because we think God has this expectant plan, then then we actually put an expectation on Him. I I, I want to fulfill Your plan. So here's what it's supposed to look like. God, You're good, and You bless me, and so this is what life should look like, and it should be you know. Uh, a white picket fence, a, 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 a wife or a spouse with three kids or whatever the norm is. And then, you know, and, and we have these expectations. And then when life really comes the way it comes, um, we get really disappointed and oftentimes disappointed with God. But he really never, he really never promised that, right? No. Um, I, I, I hope everybody listening, myself included, when we hear God has a wonderful plan for your life, he absolutely does. It's it's Jesus. Yeah. God's God's plan, God's path, God's way, God's person. It's Jesus Christ. If God is for you, who can be against you? Right. And that is his will. That's his will. So yeah. so when we start thinking about what we expect of God, um if if we expect no less than and no more than Jesus, mm. you will never be disappointed. Yeah. Right? Um it's easier said than done. You know, if you've ever said, like like you said a minute ago, you know, God, I, I would do it so much better. You know, we, we just have this notion, if I were God, this is how I would enact my power. This is how I would do things. Um, and nobody would ever struggle. Nobody would ever, you know. You, it would be you, easy. Yeah, you fill in the blanks. You know, Isaiah says, um, his ways are not our ways. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we can agree to that. But mm-hmm. the next verse says, his ways are higher. That's the struggle. God's way is better. God's way is Jesus. Yeah. We think that the best way would be ease of circumstances, convenience, lots of money in the bank, always healthy. And, you know, one day, one day, all that we think should happen when all is reconciled and redeemed by the finished work of Jesus, one day, heaven, we will experience exactly what we're asking for, right? Right. He'll wipe away every tear. But until that day, we have to ask ourselves, God, what, what have you actually promised so that we stop expecting the wrong things? Right. Yeah, right. like what about uh, expectations of judgment? Yeah. You know, if we, um, what is it, uh, the verse, um, it's a, a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a yeah. of an angry God, yeah. and uh, that there's expectations of judgment that follow that. Sure, and and we have this, you know, this religious expectation that, that we should be afraid of God, and, you know, mm-hmm. Proverbs says, fear is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. Um, but then after the cross, we have a verse like First John that says, perfect love casts out fear, yeah. right? Because fear has in it the idea of punishment. Yeah, and what if, what if you didn't behave? So let's say behave. If you didn't behave because of fear, but you behave because you were just acting about, you were acting like who God made you to be. Yeah, what, so you're saying, what, what if fear cease to be our motivation for right. behavior and what if love was yeah because god is love right? right yeah think of how differently we would operate think yeah. of you're a parent think of how differently you parent when love is the motivation and the goal yeah. and the means rather than fear yeah think about how your expectations would change sure so so then now now let's let's superimpose that onto god who is love right mm-hmm. so he parents not out of fear he parents right. out, of love. out of love. See, he's never wringing his fists because his kids disobey. He's never doing right. that. Oh, if they don't, if they don't start obeying me, yeah. look at what they're gonna look. What's gonna happen? And then he throws on the ultimatum. And, and you know, a parent's ultimate ultimatum is always punishment in their minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least I'm bigger and stronger than the kid. You know, I take their cell phone away or whatever right, right, it is. Right. What? What, if what it was is always God? an embrace? Yeah. So God, God's never at that desperate level god operates out of who he is and he's love yeah so everything he's doing whether we understand or not is love um now we're going to have to redefine some of what we're seeing in terms of understanding god's love right but we don't redefine god's love in terms of what we're seeing Mm -hmm. so when we think about expectations i think oftentimes you know people will ask me well doesn't god have expectations of us and I'll, I'll say back to them, well, tell me what some of them are. Well, he expects me to tell the truth. He expects me to love my neighbor. He expects me to go Dave. to church. He expects <laughs> me to listen to Jesse and Tim's podcast, right? <laughs> and they, they think that God has all these expectations of them. Yeah. And I'll say, well, how well do you do those things? And they'll say, well, I do my best or I'm not doing yeah. so well or whatever. I say, so you, you know what the end result of unmet expectations always is, right? It's disappointment. Disappointment. Right. Yeah. yeah, sure. So God is disappointed. And I think that's that's a lot of people's view of God. He's sorely disappointed with people yeah. because they can't measure up to his standard of expectations. Right. Yeah, like uh, on the last podcast, we talked about faith and our having faith. And, you know, if we 
I think it falls right along in line with expectations because a lot a lot of the time we're thinking, well, if I just have enough faith, like we talked about, then I can expect this result or yes. I can re- expect that result. Right. Or God expects me to have a certain amount of faith. Yes. And we can we can believe that lie and we can run with that, but it really, like you said, we're going to end up disappointed and then who are we going to blame? Yes. You know, because that's what comes next, right? We become disappointed and then we turn around and we say, what did I do wrong I, or what, why does God not love me or, you know, why does he not want me to have this or that or go here or do that? That's right. Or be successful. You and, know? Li- and life becomes filled with managing and trying to control our expectations. Right of ourselves, of God, of others, and for everybody out there, we know how tiring that is, yeah. right? And and so what if what if actually the gospel is much greater than us trying to fulfill these Yeah. What if everything is accomplished? Yeah, what if it's done? Yeah. So disappointment is a lie. Yeah, so so God so think about it. Does God have expectations of us? Micah 6, 8, you know, this is what the Lord requires of you. The commandments, they're not suggestions, they're commandments. People look at that and go, see, God expects of us. And I say, well, actually, God has fulfilled all expectations through the person and work of Jesus Christ. What was required of us, Jesus fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And then gifted us with this new relationship with God. Right? The new covenant is a new relationship through Jesus Christ and not through met expectations according to the law. Yeah. So I go, I don't think God has any expectations of us for, for one all too obvious reason. He already knows. Why would he set himself up for failure and disappointment? <laughs> because, he, right, why would he depend on you? Because uh, bingo. what what is going to come out of that? Exa- Failure, disappointment. Exactly. Then he would be disappointed. Right. And actually, it's the other way. We get to depend on him, the one who has met every expectation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And 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 say thank you. Right. So now we walk in the freedom, not of trying to live up to requirements. Romans eight three for what the law could not do, God did by sending His own Son. Fulfilling the righteous requirements of the law in us. So I I say we get to live in the freedom of knowing that God is never disappointed with us because he's not he's not looking at what I'm doing to determine whether he's going to have a good day or not. Right. Yeah. If we'll look to what he's done, our day gets better. <laughs> right. So what does this do for our prayer life? Because I feel like there's a lot of expectation in in prayer. Yeah. You know, we're praying for this, we're praying for that. Um, what is that? How does that change our prayer life when we come to a realization that God doesn't expect anything from me and that, um, well, I don't know if I should say it, we shouldn't expect anything from God because it's all accomplished. What does that look like in our prayer life? Well, what if we, what if we used a word that fits from the heart better and said desire? I think God in the in in prayer, and again prayer if we, if we define it not as some religious activity or event, mm-hmm. right? Let's define it as communication in a loving relationship. Relationship. Yeah. Let's just define it that way. I go, well, most of most of when we talk about the mystery of prayer and what does prayer accomplish, we are looking at a to do list that we offer to God and ask, what are you going to do about this list I've given you? You know, right, yeah. and, and am I, I mean, going to change? Look at, we can look at uh, David. Yes. Constant prayer, all the Psalms, you read through the Psalms, he's he's in and out of battle, he's in and out of 
depression and anxiety, and he's constantly praying, and uh, he has expectations. Yeah, he's of, he's talking with God. Yeah. And I'm thinking when we look at prayer as only, I'm not saying it doesn't include this, but when we look at it as limited to our checklist, our shopping list that we give to God in terms of requests or 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 expectations or desires, um, I think it falls way short of what prayer really is, right? You know, pray without ceasing is not do that and never stop. I pray without ceasing is the recognition that we're in a right relationship with our dad and always talk with them, right? I yeah. mean, one of the things I love, you know, in having kids is the relationship. And if every time my kids came to me and it was request-oriented, Dad, here's what I am asking of you today. Would you do this, 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 and this? Um, if that's all the relationship was, that would fall way short of what my heart as a dad is for them, right? right. I I don't just want to be their Santa Claus, their <laughs> their request meet meter. I want to I want to have a relationship with them. So I, so I'm not saying that prayer doesn't include what we ask of God, mm. um, but. But how about the idea that prayer includes what God says to us? Yeah, well, if if Scripture tells us that God already knows everything that you're asking for before you even ask, right? Then the expectation is that it's fulfilled. So that should be our expectation? Well, that, yeah, as long as we're not confusing that with circumstantial things, right? Right. Why, why I mean, are we still talking, if we're, if, we, if we're using that verse in context, are we still talking about the will of God, um, the fulfillment of, of Scripture? And well, well, Philippians 4 says, look, be anxious about nothing, right? But with prayer and supplication, make your request known to God, right? Right. right. It says, be anxious about nothing, rejoice in Him, be anxious about nothing, but with prayer and supplication, make your request known. So I say we have the freedom to to make our request known. That's one one element of this relationship. The interesting part to me is that the next verse after that says, and the peace of God, mm. right, that surpasses understanding yeah. will flood your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It says, it says, rejoice in the Lord. Make your request known through prayer and supplication, and the peace of God will flood your heart and mind. And I'm thinking... There's a verse missing in there somewhere. You would think that the peace of God will flood our heart and mind when the prayer that we requested gets answered the way we requested it yeah. to get answered. It doesn't say that. Yeah. It says by simply engaging in the relationship, knowing that God is your Father, rejoice in Him. Now make any request known. Just make it known. You can ask whatever right. you want. But but it's the peace and the joy come from knowing the relationship, not from getting the prayer answered a certain way. Yeah. And and I think we just have used some of these ideas as though God is is there to be our genie in a bottle and answer everything and that like we... Like a means to an end. Yeah. Instead well, of a, a, a constant relationship yes, here on earth. Yes. We, we have a Father that is present with us in any circumstance. Not just the idea of I've got a, an almighty God that will remove me from any circumstance, right? That yeah. we're just, we use him, we, we think of using him in a way like that. I'm thinking, what if we could just, you know, I mean, look at my, look at our relationship with any loved one, our spouse. 
Can you imagine if I told my wife, Catherine, when you talk to me, make just all your requests. Honey, I want new curtains. Honey, I want you to mow the lawn. Honey, I want you to do this. <laughs> Honey, bring me dinner. Um, and and please bless me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm going, certainly within my heart for her, there's a desire to meet all many of it. those needs, yeah. desires or whatever. But if that's all the relationship consisted of, it falls woefully short of what we both desire. Yeah. So I don't think we we look at prayer in terms of getting our expectations met. I think, like you're saying, we look at prayer as that God has met what we really desired in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Why do I want my circumstance changed? For Certainly I want to get out of difficult circumstances. That's human, right? But what am I really after? I'm really after what he's offered, which is peace and joy mm-hmm. and patience and and faithfulness. I'm after all of these expressions of the Spirit of God within me, actually in any circumstance, not just with the removal of circumstances or the changing yeah. of circumstances. Right. God is bigger than that. He is bigger than our circumstances. His promise of the expression of his spirit is greater than whatever circumstance brings. It can be experienced even in the midst of that circumstance, not changing. Yeah. That's good. So, so then I, I, I stopped living in the, in the expectant right. expectations of what I think God should do. And I actually live in the joy of what he has done. Yeah. And then I offer it to you that, cause this is where I really think it, it impacts us right in our human relationships. If I think God has expectations of me, guess what? I'm going to put them on you, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. rough, right? I mean, you, you're going to give what you've got. And if I think that I'm under the pressure of living up to his demands and expectations, then you're going to be up to the, you're going to be under the pressure of living up to my demands and expectations. Uh, and so, so you see how it just cycles. Right. And, and that's why it's so important to understand that we live under grace and not under law, yeah. right? And that way we can let other people around us live under grace and not under our law. Expectations, um, they're, they're really our way of trying to control our desires. Yeah. Totally okay to have desires. We have them. Sure. I mean, uh, they're given to us by God. Yes. What we do with them is try right. to control <laughs> them through expectations of others to yeah. get the need met. And right. actually, we should look to God and go, you've met this need in me. Right, yeah, you've already met it. You've met this desire. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. And then I can freely gift others right. the way God has gifted me. That's right. Well, thanks, Tim. Yeah, thank you. Right. No expectations. No expectations. <laughs> Love it. All right, that does it for today's conversation. We'll be back again next Friday with Jesse and Tim as they discuss Surrender. And we'll be back again at the beginning of the week to continue catching you up on our series here that Pastor Frank is going through on the book of Nehemiah. So we hope to see you then, and thanks for listening.